So we were talking about Musk <laughs> in the break. Give it. I give us the rant. Fucking went what do we not know? What was? What do we not tangent. know? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take my microphone. Oh, off. she's taking it off. I, okay, I think, so um, I think what started it was I I was like, how's the Hollister scent? Because you had brought it up earlier. Right. That is the American definition of Musk. It's not really. Okay. Um. So the thing here's the thing. Musk is an ingredient that's extracted from animals. Um. And the reason why people like associate it or just like oh musk, it's just because like bad romance novels are always like he smelt so musky and manly, and you're just like what the fuck does that even mean? Um, but musk is basically extracted from a variety of different animals, and it's usually usually um, when an animal goes into like heat, and so like it's a naturally very hormonally charged scent. Um, so musk deer are um deer with fangs like you can literally look it up they have vampire teeth like they're cute ass deer and then you look at their face and they have fucking like saber tooth tiger fangs coming out of their face it's very strange um and then what happens is we used to just like capture these musk deers like cut off their balls put them in alcohol for like a couple months and then after that like take the alcohol and that would be musk and another you can way only get it from them no um they're different kinds and so another way to make musk is to take the uh like whales when they throw up in the ocean you take the throw up of the whale and then you distill that into musk how it's do us. we know this how do we know this stuff is musk is it a chemical know. like compound it's, it's i i don't know what it's is a, musk it's, it's an animal scent it's, it's a an very animal animalistic scent, scent. musk specifically when you make it it's made of endol which is a scent that kind of smells like wet dog hair and green banana so when you put a green banana note and an endol note together and you wave it in front of your nose it smells like musk it's very strange um i've seen it done and it's like super fucking trippy because you're like i don't know how that works um But yeah, but basically a lot of people were like, Musk, I don't even, like, I hate Musk. It's so strong. And I'm just like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, like, actual real true Musk is very beautiful. It's very well-rounded. It's very, like, it's it's attractive to humans mainly because it speaks to the most basic animalistic part of us that's just, like, reproduction. Um, and it is meant to attract mates, which is why people find it attractive. Because it is the chemical created by animal bodies to attract potential mates. And so when animals go into heat, they emit this like musky scent, quote unquote, to attract potential mates. So can that I they buy can... musk extract and just put a yes. drop on myself? I would not advise doing that Um, because musk is one of those notes that's very polarizing and a lot of people are anosmic to it. Um, Anosmic, again, meaning that you can't smell it. And so like... You're attracted, but you don't know why. But you don't know why, but also just you could also fucking hate it. So like there's a 50-50 chance that like a lot of people will just be like, oh my God. And then a lot of people will be like, what the fuck? And just like never want to talk to you ever again. (laughs) Um, So like the reason why Chanel number five, it's that one that smells like old ladies, um, was so so popular is because it has 17 different musk notes in it. Just to make sure that no one was anosmic to the musk aspect. And so that's why. 
a lot of people really like it because it's made specifically to appeal to like the base animalistic part of you. Um, and now a lot of musks are synthetic. And so it takes away a lot of the depth and well-roundedness of the perfumes that, um, that had it. So, um, Shalimar by, um, Guerlain, um, had a beautiful musk note in it, a couple of beautiful musk notes that in it, um, that are now synthetic. So that flattens out the scent a, a bit. Um, Chanel number five, obviously smells like, like a hollow shell of what it used to be. <laughs> um, and so a lot of older perfumes that had to be reformulated because of the musk ingredients smell very different than what they used to smell so like. The- Actually, these perfume brands are being changed over time. Oh, one hundred percent. Even so, if it's the same name. Even if it's the same name, because Aqua Di Gio is changing. Yeah, constantly uh, year to as year we to live. Year. Yeah, um, because um, the International um, Flavors and Fragrances Council, like they go through every single year and they like take ingredients off the um, the palette for various reasons, whether it be environmental or you know, whatever, whatever, chemical or whatever. Usually, most of the time, it's like, that's really dumb. Um, But like, you know, we shouldn't be killing whales for their stomach lining to make perfumes. That's just not great. We shouldn't be killing deer for their testicles just to make perfume. Like, that's also not great. And so like a lot of, some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. And so whenever things are taken off the market, if you imagine like suddenly you're no longer allowed to use tomatoes for pizza. So you have to use something that's tomato esque and it's never going to taste the same. You know what I mean? Like you can use like a combination of other things that is very similar and gets you kind of there, but it will never be exactly the same as using the original ingredient. So it's kind of like that. That's why a lot of perfumes don't smell that great anymore. Like Chanel never, Chanel fry will never smell the same. Like it used to smell great, but now it doesn't. And like, that's why a lot of people are like, it smells like mothballs. I'm like, yeah, it's because it's full of chemicals. Oh my <laughs> it's God. Full of really shitty synthetics. So is it like year over year? It's like, I don't even know if this was the original relationship, but price and how, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like, is it like how attractive the perfume is? How no, like yes expensive no. the ingredients are? So like, how expensive the ingredients are definitely plays a lot more into how expensive the perfume is. Like a perfume could shoot up in price over a couple of years just because of the rarity of the ingredient. Like one year you might not have a very good rose harvest. And then all of a sudden like a kilo of like rose extract will be thousands of dollars as opposed to, you know just one thousand dollars <laughs> um so yeah there's that um it definitely it, it affects like the fluctuation in price um for perfumes and stuff can i see that uh a more expensive perfume is just better whatever better is measured by no um <coughs> it depends on what so i really don't like to quantify perfumes in terms of like like what's good because like it just all kind of depends on you as a person what you like what fits you and like perfumes are specifically formulated to react with the chemicals in your body so they will smell different on everybody like Mm. obviously and it's it's interesting because not something's burning to you do you smell that i do what's burning i don't know but i hope it's not anything in our house um because that would be very worrying but um like not not natural doesn't mean good 
in perfumery. Like, we've done a great deal. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to figure out what that is. Give me one second. Go, go. Yeah, had a minor disaster. (laughs) Thanks to your (laughs) scent abilities. (laughs) We may be escaping alive today from this Um, building. Minor disaster in that um, there might or might not be a fire on my floor going on right now. So there's, like, smoke all down the hallways. But I called the front desk. And hopefully um, it's, like, not anything terrible. So we're just going to pray yeah so um what were we saying musk musk so that was that was like well the the, yeah so like price of perfume is not necessarily tied to like its popularity is probably more to the ingredients how do i know what to get you don't um do i even need so if you're going on a date and you really want the person to like you don't wear perfume oh you've said this before Mm -hmm. explain so like like I said before, people are naturally more attracted to the person that has the most genetic variation than they do. So, like, you don't want to cover that up with perfume that you have. Um, perfume mostly is just, like, I don't know, like, decoration. It's kind of like wearing jewelry. Um, I mean, you could totally do it, like, live your best life. But also, just, like, if you really want a person if you really want to know if someone is actually like attracted to you biologically don't wear perfume just like like but you should should sweat no you should not sweat you should take a shower and be clean but just like what i I thought the sweat was like a good magnifier of i mean not really (laughs) like don't excessive like don't like go to the gym right before because that'll be really gross but like you know just like be like It'll be fine if you, like, come out of, like, a day of, like, chill work and just, like, go on a date. It'll be cool. Because, like, you don't want to, like, not, like, don't want to be super clean, but, like, all your shampoo, your conditioner, your aftershave, everything, your toothpaste has a scent. And so that'll mask your natural scent. So, like, like, just try to be, you know, as unscented as possible when you go in. <laughs> so you don't put on any perfume even though you're in that world. Oh, no, I put on perfume all the time. I have, like, two perfumes Why? or two or three perfumes that I because they make me happy. Um, they're, like, my happy place scents. Like, I have I have actually, like, a little spritz bottle of scent that I carry with me sometimes that it's just, like, it's literally, like, my happy place. Like, if something gets too stressful, I'll just, like, spritz it on myself and be like, okay, just, like, it's just, it's nothing can touch you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bubble of happiness. No one can touch me here. Um, and then I have other ones that I have one that goes with the cold, cooler color outfits that I have and one that goes with the warmer color outfits that I have. So. And no one will notice. And no one will notice you. but me. But, but, because, because I color coordinate well with the rest of my outfit, I've had people chase me down the street to ask me what perfume I was wearing because they're just like, wow, I've never smelled something like that. And I'm like, this is actually totally commercial perfume that you could like buy anywhere. But like, okay, here. So it just really depends. Like if it goes well with what you're wearing and who you are as a person, people will notice and they will be like, wow, that's amazing. And it's really not. It's just a perfume. This is now the alcohol segment. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is wel- welcome to Cherry's Wine Bar. Um. So this is quite interesting because I don't drink alcohol, period. Boo, so you, you whore. So it's not even like I'm asking like a regular person, what's it like to like drink wine and enjoy it? What's it like to like, why is whiskey so appealing? Because For, for Cherry now, it's like. You get the whole experience. Oh, you do get the... So, like, there's a... This is going to be really offensive, but, like, who cares? Um, so, there's a really funny joke 
funny quote unquote joke, joke. In between perfumers where it's like well if you fail as a perfumer you could always become a sommelier um <laughs> the tea is scalding you guys um explain explain so wait. basically you have to remember you have to you have to be able to recognize more scents as a perfumer than you do as a sommelier but they're very similar professions because you're really just the, like if you look at like the textbooks quote unquote for like perfumery and like wine it's very similar you have fruity you have woody you have like milky you have blah 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 blah. like all the words are kind of overlapping and like so if you're good at wine or you're good at perfume or vice versa you are already halfway there to the other profession like really yeah like it's very it's very it's very similar um and so people who are perfumers often are big wine drinkers or whiskey drinkers or like they become good wine wine and whiskey yeah why because wine and whiskey are two of the most um like artisan i guess like there's a lot that goes into making them like um wine there's like the wood of the barrel that it's made in there's the grape there's the fermentation process um and so wines can be fruity wines could be floral wines can be woody and deep and dry or sweet and light and airy blah 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 blah. same thing with whiskeys but whiskeys can be full-bodied and woody or like smoky which is something that a lot of wines don't do which is interesting but like there are certain whiskeys where you drink it and you can feel like the smoke at the back of your throat which is very it's it's like a it's a it's a thing that you grow to like it's a smell great. and taste are very connected extremely for, for regular extremely. Old people right so you have like what like eight different tastes and you have thousands of smells and so like that's why when you have a cold or when you're like your like nose is blocked everything tastes bland and like ass because you don't have the scent to help you taste the um the food that you're eating what's a really interesting fun thing to do is to smell one thing and then eat something else everybody try this at home it'll Mm -hmm. fuck you over what's the combo that's interesting like like if you like like i don't know like smell like something sweet like like a cookie and try to eat like something savory your brain will short wire and be like what the fuck is going on like it'll freak out and you'll just be like i don't know what's happening to myself like it's really weird so like try try this at home like you know like just try it like have like pizza but like smell like a cinnamon cake is there ever a time where that turns into like an an orgasmic like not i mean like not really like i don't like do that like as an experiment much i just eat whatever the fuck i eat but like right but yeah, like it's very interesting to like show people the difference in like how much your smell affects your taste or like to plug your nose and eat something. That's why like when you have stinky tofu, everyone's like, just like pinch your nose because then it doesn't taste as bad. You've um, left beer out of this conversation. By I the way. hate beer. So I don't really drink beer. Your roommate, all he does is go to breweries and work. I know. I know. And tennis. I know. Um, what, what's, the, what's the beer story for you? The beer story for me is that it just... It's a lot of calories that's unnecessary to me. It tastes bitter, which is a taste that I really, really dislike. It's like so gross to me. Um, it's bubbly, which I also don't really like in alcohols because like it makes you full faster. And like I'm trying to get bang for my buck here. Like I'm not trying to like drink like half a can of beer and be like, I'm super full. Like, no, I want to drink a whole fucking bottle of wine. It's fine. <laughs> like, What percent is this room. bottle right now? Probably, can't even see. Probably like oh, it's 12, not- 12. I was going to say 14 because Malbec is usually between 10 and 14. Um, 
yeah sell the branch molded hints so here notes hints of blackberry and black currant palette medium sweet body with velvety tannins and spices food matching grilled meat poultry pasta pizza and food cheese. matching yeah. on the back of the wine bottle yeah is that common yeah kind of um oh so notes hints notes. i think this part of the podcast will be interesting for underage listeners <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you guys have all had wine before um so hints of blackberry and black currant Let me see if that's actually true i guess you can actually smell the black currant in this which is fascinating what do you smell in this wine so like when they say like hints of blackberry and blackcurrant, it's not because they put actual blackberry or blackcurrant into this. It's just like the fermentation process and um, however they processed it made it so that there are notes <clears throat> of these things in this wine um, because nature is nature and that's um, how life works. So medium sweet body and velvety tannins and spices. I mean, all, all Malbecs are kind of spicy, I think. You can really smell the blackcurrant in this, which is really cool. Because I really don't like... Blackcurrant is the thing that you make licorice out of. All right. Away from yeah. alcohol for a second. Yes. Another interesting thing mm -hmm. is your language acquisition strategy. Right. So to, to skip to like a completely opposite end of the spectrum question. Is this shaped at all by synesthesia? Kind of. Because like... First like of all, I you said, speak a couple of languages and you pick up languages very quickly and in more varied ways than I would imagine. I guess. I mean... How much of it is shaped by... Synesthesia. You just being yeah, you just being gifted languages versus synesthesia versus otherwise. Um, I don't know. Like I've always well, I grew up with Chinese, which is already one of the hardest languages. So I think that's a good that's like a basis upon which to build. So like I don't think any language is hard because you started with one of the hardest ones, right? It's like starting with Arabic and being like English is fucking super easy. Um, so Chinese, I don't know if any of you know, but doesn't have an alphabet because fuck that. Um, it's purely. <laughs> They were just like, no, fuck you. Um, it's purely pictographic. And so you're literally, it's literally hieroglyphics, guys. Like there's, it's just pictures and you just have to know what they mean. And like people are like, oh, radicals. And I'm like, okay, but that's such bullshit. Like you, well, you can't read a radical and like know what this character sounds like. You know vaguely what it's referring to, but like you look at it and you're like, I don't fucking know what this means. Um, so starting with Chinese was definitely like a good baseline for like not having a fear of learning other languages. Right. And then Japanese was kind of like easy because it uses the exact same kanji, just different readings of it. And it has an alphabet. So it's like already so much easier. Like I can phonically pronounce things. And that is something that you don't have in Chinese. Um, and then um, I'm trying to learn Korean, which is interesting because it's purely phone phonographic. And like there are circles, which we don't have in Chinese. And you're just like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, but the, but the, um, grammatical structure is identical to Japanese, which makes it easier. So English, Chinese, Japanese, oh, Italian. I learned Italian when I was in Italy for eight months for study abroad. Um, NYU Florence. NYU Florence. Um, that villa. Beauti beautiful campus, beautiful campus. There's a hill of death that you have to walk up and down. It's just so fucking steep. Um, but the historical campus is beautiful, and Florence is just flooding, flooding with culture and artistry and beauty. And just like you, it, there's, there's this, there's a thing called the Florence syndrome for a reason where you just like freak out and faint because there's too much art around you. Um, so that was like, 
a, such a such an experience and it was good to like travel different places because you can just take your rail fucking everywhere um but yeah italian was an interesting thing for me to learn because like i'm not very good with romance languages even though my base like my i consider my like my native language to be um english even though my mother tongue is chinese technically um so italian was interesting because it had the same letters as you do in english but like things are gendered in a way that i'm not used to like asian languages don't have gendered words right like table is just table (laughs) there it's but in italian it's il tavolo which is like il is the masculine modifier and when things end in o it's also masculine so i just like couldn't wrap my head around that like concept so it's really difficult for me and so romance languages are harder and so asian languages are definitely easier for me to like understand um and so that's the my story with languages i do speak so far do you feel like the asian languages piece together a lot better because of how they sound or how they yeah definitely not how they look like you talked about but in terms of how they sound yeah and the structure and they're they're all very similar in the way they sound like korean is the perfect mix between japanese and chinese because it's further back on the palette japanese is a very front palette kind of sound it's very crisp it's very clean it's very clear it's right at the front of your mouth korean uses a bit more of like the back of your tongue there's more ng sounds um and chinese is fucking just everywhere it's such a hot mess um like you can't survive seven thousand years of history and just like not be a hot mess like as a language (laughs) fucking god um so yeah like i just asian languages make more sense to me because i'm more used to them and like italian's beautiful but like i can't like get the specific nuance right where like as if i'm speaking japanese people don't think that like i'm not native japanese because i can get like the pronunciation properly and if i like, say like a word in korean it's usually it sounds pretty damn good because like i understand how it's supposed to sound but like in italian people are always like you're definitely not from here and i'm like you're 100 right i'm totally <laughs> not from here like my italian sounds super fucking weird it's like so accented so yeah do, do they sound i don't know when you hear some of these languages do you think of a color Italian's very Anything green. Like Italian's very green. I don't know Ooh, why. I heard that a lot. Italian's very, very green. It's beautiful. And it's this like wonderful shade of like deep forest green. It's got a little bit of blue mixed in. Um, Chinese is like orangey yellow. Um, it's very tangy. It's kind of like And you salty. just drew my voice in paint. Yeah. And it's... Like orange. It's orange or it's supposed yellow. to be more yellow in there. Um, I'm Chinese. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. I thought you were Korean for some reason. I don't know. Just look at me. Do you think I'm actually Korean? I don't know. I get the feeling I'm not. (laughs) What the fuck fuck do you mean? I don't know. Like anyone who sees me on the street will never think I'm Korean. Really? Never. Huh? Yeah. Same thing happens to me. People think I'm Japanese a lot. They don't, they never think I'm Chinese. They always think like you're a mix, right? And I'm like, no, it's just because I get my eyelashes done. Um, (laughs) Asians don't have eyelashes. Um, No. So Chinese is kind of like salty and tangy. Japanese is very sweet. But it's kind of like that tip of your tongue sweetness. It's not very like syrupy or anything. It's kind of like just like when you eat like a sugar cube and it's like right out of the front of your tongue. Um, Korean is like kind of in the middle. So it's like kind of like that sweet and sour pork that you have at restaurants. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it's I like that like sweet tangy kind of. Um, English is very sour. 
So you're tasting these, you're tasting the sounds of these languages. Yeah, yeah. So like English is extremely sour, probably because like we're all just like jealous of like everything else that everyone has. We're just like such a derivative language. We have Germanic roots, we have Latin roots, we have Arabic roots. We just like take everything from everybody else. Um, but yeah, English is a very sour language. So really the question is like what language is tastiest to you? I don't know. Um, I think... So you taste it as you hear it, and you taste it as you say it. Yeah. So is Italian, that too meta? Italian is probably no, no. That's not too meta. It just kind of makes sense. Um, so Italian is like not that salty. It's probably like, it's probably also like a version of sour, but it's also sweet, but in a very different way that Korean is. In a certain way, though, Korean and Italian are quite similar in my mind to me. I don't know why they're not very similar at all. Like in application, <laughs> um, but like the like the way that people speak and like the fluctuations and stuff like they make me like like they they like taste very similar to me. So what yeah, what are some ways or maybe a way of thinking that's helped you learn these languages? I don't know, like you I just You told me some weird stuff, so like you mean really like just like listening to podcasts in different languages um and going to sleep while they're going on. to sleep while they're on and waking I mean, up and learning. I mean, it's not like active learning where I like I'm suddenly I'm like I just listened to this one whole episode of like Anu Haseo and like now know everything. Um, no, it's more like oh, like like the next time I hear this word or phrase, I'll be like, oh, I've heard that somewhere before. That sounds familiar, and I have like a feeling of like what it kind of is. Like there's sometimes where you hear like an English word and you're like. I think I know what that means, but I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like when you hear the word like consecuted, you're like, I feel like I should know what that means, but I don't. But I have like a vague idea. It means like related to royalty and stuff like that. Like so, like, like yeah. But um, so like shit like that, where um, I would like put on like a podcast or like I would like put on like an audio book that's in Japanese and just like go to bed, and then the next morning I'll wake up and obviously the podcast will finish, and I don't feel like I've learned anything. But like the next time I hear like a word that I haven't heard before necessarily, I'll be like, okay, I think I have a feeling, like a vague feeling of what that means. Um, and so like throughout time, after a long a while, like eventually, like you start to associate the word in that language with the object that you associate with it without having to translate in between. So like, um, so like il tavolo stops being table in your brain. So you don't have to translate from Italian to English table to associate with the objects. And you're like, Oh, tavolo is just the thing that's that the people eat on. Um, sleeping with that stuff on probably wasn't the primary way that you were able to learn so no quickly, right? it's that's very um i had to slog through all the textbooks and learn grammar and go to school and study in classes so i learned italian and japanese um going to class um i started myself and it was easy to keep up myself and like you know um like self-study is easy after a certain point but like i didn't teach any, myself any of these languages how do you know what means. kind of curriculum to follow um and lots this applies for like reading writing yeah. and speaking and listening yeah so i mean because all of the languages that i've been learning are phonographic it's like not that difficult so once you like learn the alphabet and afterwards you can kind of do anything um korean i still haven't learned the whole alphabet i'm just like i guess this is that sound i, I don't know um i haven't like sat down i haven't had like a proper like like class to go to for korean yet but like once i do i feel like i'll do a lot better um but in terms of that, it's just like, like, 
for Japanese, I used to like think to myself in Japanese and be like, okay, so like this is what I want to do for the day. So I'll like list like my daily activities in my head in Japanese and be like, okay, so today I want to go to class. After that, I want to like go shopping and blah, 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 blah. Just to like get yourself used to thinking in that language and associating those concepts with that language without the specific transition in the middle. And so um that really is super helpful to like when you want to learn a language is to completely immerse yourself and just like find one thing that you really like that exists exclusively in that language like Italian fashion magazines a lot of them aren't translated like Italian movies like old school like Italian movies a lot of them aren't translated anime Japanese like you watch that shit in Japanese and just like Turn off the subtitles and see how much you understand. Korean, I don't really like the dramas, but, like, there are certain ones that I'm just like, whoa, this is the good shit. But, like, their variety shows are bomb af. <laughs> like, they're so <laughs> funny. Um, K-pop, great source of learning because music repeats the same 45 words over and over. Like, listen to three Korean songs and you'll know that, like, sarang means to love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. easy after that. Yep. Um, and so it's like like it's just it's just a lot of exposure and like a lot of just like oh i guess this means that this means that and so yeah just piecing it together how would you learn more advanced things i'm not sure how advanced your japanese is my japanese is pretty conversational um class just go to school (laughs) but this was all during undergrad this is all during undergrad i had japanese classes i took i have a japanese minor yeah so i have a japanese minor a chinese minor and italian minor Lots oh, of languages. Yo, how many years were you in school? Three and a half. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And you spent eight months of that in Italy with all this. Yep. I got my entire Italian minor while I was in Italy because I was just like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not do the whole goddamn thing and then come back? So that's what I did. Is the language thing important now? Just mm-hmm. out of curiosity. It so is. Much. So like when I work at Kate Spade, like I constantly have to switch between English, Japanese and Chinese just because like, wow, there are guests from all over the world, man. And occasionally the Italian client comes in and I'm like, I don't speak Italian, but you can speak at me in Italian. I can understand what's going on. So like that's that's like a it's, it's good for them because a lot of people like don't really speak English when they come and they're just like, I don't know what to say. And so when you tell them like, oh, like I understand your native language, suddenly they're willing to talk to you. And even when you speak to them in English, they can understand more than, you know, they can speak. And so it's me talking at them in English and them talking at me in Italian. But like we established like that kind of trust and communication. I'm like, oh, I've lived in Florence for eight months and suddenly they're like oh my gosh she knows where we're from like she's <laughs> been to our country and so it it's like very helpful to establish that initial connection between you and the client and just to like get them to trust you and open up to you and talk to you more and so like it's easier to make the sale then um japanese customers same thing like the moment they're like oh my god you speak japanese and suddenly they're like i want this i want that do you have the thing that does this and so like they're always like so much more willing to speak to you once you they know that you speak their language because it really is the thing that connects people like it's our primary mode of communication and so yeah it's very important in my day-to-day work with such refined senses and so much experience with languages when you come to new york a city of people from around the world speaking english but also people like me and your roommate who grew up around here speaking I don't know if you can call it our own brand of English. Mm-hmm. Is it distinctive? Um. Yes. Yeah. No. So there's like I have a 
You're I from have, California. I'm from California. So, like, I'm always the one that's, like, bringing weird Californiaisms, and they're just like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, it's cherryisms. Don't don't question it. Because <laughs> um, you hear, I, I've read, like, books, and it's like, oh, this is, like, Midwestern English. Yeah. Like, this so is, like. So, like, words like um, good day or, like, um, howdy. You don't hear New Yorkers right, say right. howdy. But, like, but, like, I don't know like it's just like there's certain there's certain things there's certain words that you associate with a specific part of the country right and so like californians say lit a lot because everybody is smoking weed in california (laughs) (laughs) everybody be getting lit in california um there are so many words in california that's just like slang of weed and that's the entire the entire colloquial is like the entire slang culture comes from and there's a lot of words in new york city that's based off of like gay culture and like um drag culture because a lot of yeah in new york and like a lot of like like hunty like the word hunty comes from drag culture like spill the tea that comes from drag culture like a lot of it comes from like like drag drag culture is more new york than sf but yes and no like it's it's obviously they're both huge hubs um and they both kind of share similarities and stuff because like everybody knows each other in these groups it's like very weird um but yeah like we because of like shows like rupaul's drag race and like a lot of other shows like you know like even queer eye where like the gay culture has now become like kind of fad which i think this is like a watch i watched queer eye in japan for the first time i have time not yesterday. i have not for the first i'm gonna time. watch it tonight that's the only queer eye i've ever you seen ha- okay is queer eye in japan something about it was compelling mm-hmm while I cringed almost every minute that anybody spoke or moved, mm-hmm. I cringed a lot. Yeah. But I was still strangely compelled to finish. Right. So watch the other seasons of Queer Eye because every single episode will make you cry. It's like very, very, very touching. Um, they Yeah. Oh, so it's the same format every episode. Yeah, it's like you yeah. take some person, like and then you change you them. you try to like quote unquote make them better, but like you just teach them about like how to take care of themselves, and like this is a whole other like facet of culture that we could go into for the next like three hours. But like as in like fashion as a way to express yourself, and not even to express yourself as a way to like express and present yourself to society because a lot of people are like i don't care what people think of me i don't care what i wear blah blah blah. but that's still an act of choice like if you choose to dress in rags and like and like ill-fitted clothing that's still saying something about you that's still making an active overt statement as to what you think and who you are as a person so for your fashion is it more like this is what gets my senses going or is it I don't know. I want to show some kind of image to the world. I want to it's mostly it. just like, this is what makes me happy today. And usually what makes me happy falls into like a very like cohesive, similar category. <laughs> you sure? Oh yeah. 100%. Like when I'm at home, I wear like big shirts and stuff. It's just comfortable. But like when I go outside, like I want to look my best. Like I 100% wear like cute skirts. Like You've come to my like fundraising events and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Oh my lord. I have gowns and gowns and gowns. I'm constantly my friends have now resigned to the fact that I will be dressed to the nines no matter where we're going. Like we could be going to a dive bar and I'll be in a floor length gown. <laughs> I've showed up to a 
one of your events in a floor length gown and it was I, at a that's karaoke what I was bar. Thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. I've acquired since then like seven more floor length gowns that I wear on a consistent everyday basis. And so just like I wear whatever makes me feel happy and usually they're like princess gowns. So yeah, that's that's it. Random but not random. Okay. What do guys look good in nowadays? Shit that fits, my bros. Shit that fits. Please get, please, 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 please wear things that fit you and not are like four sizes bigger for you. Cause like. <laughs> wow, that's the biggest breath the entire night. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why dudes think it's like cool to wear like pants that are like four sizes too big and like halfway down there. It's not cute. It's not cute don't have your boxers hanging out my dudes it's not attractive <laughs> my it's not attractive my my dudes um please please dear god like if you buy a suit if you buy a suit go see someone and get it tailored even if it is your dry cleaners go and get it tailored so that it fits you because 100 the suit that you got from men's suit factory is not going to fit you perfectly its sleeves are going to be too long its shoulders are going to be too wide its waist is going to be not cinched enough so is go get it tailored arthur's clothes all fit him so well yes it's because he cares god bless god bless <laughs> Seriously, though, like when I went to Korea for the first time, well, for the first time, but when I went to Korea, I was just blown away by how the dudes like how all the males cared about how they looked yeah. as opposed to in America. Guys are just like, I'm not going to wash my hair for 15 days and just see how it's like. No, dude, you look disgusting. Like, please take a shower. What did you think yeah, when you were in Korea and saw the fashion and the makeup and just how people put themselves together there? I thought it was interesting because like there's such a intensely like monochromatic um standard of beauty right like a pretty korean girl looks exactly the same across the board like big eyes dark long hair pale skin like small features etc 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 and so like it was very interesting to see people adhere to that and to see people rebel from that um and then for guys as well it's like tall every oh dude the entire country of korea all men have the same five haircuts like what are the five i don't even know Roughly like it's five. like it's it's like the bowl cut which you like you <laughs> style into anything right it's like squad bowl cuts across the board does the and bowl then, cut work no it doesn't <clears throat> for never, zero individuals for zero see. individuals <laughs> please never get the bowl cut like absolutely not it's so it's so bad like i know that all k-pop stars have the bowl cut but that's because they have hairstylists that style it for them every single every single fucking day unless you have a hairstylist that stays with you every day and styles it for you <laughs> do not get the bowl cut um and then they have the one where it's like shorter on the sides and really long on the, at the top and they sweep it over to one side right and then they have the other one where it's like the curly bang bangs like they have like the curly curly bangs that go up to ah. here and then it's like shorter on the sides yep. and then there's another one i don't even remember her oh, hands a, are doing it right yeah, now yeah and why. then there's another one that's like the middle part but they like wait they like yep. palm the whole hair so it's wavy yeah and it's longer what do you, you think know about exactly that? what, what do you think about that they, it works on very 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 certain specific people i was like where did this even come from i don't know to become the mainstream I don't fucking know probably like keanu reeves and like orlando bloom Right, like mm. if you think about it, like that's their hair. That look, that's like yeah, yeah. that like that like slightly windswept like sailor kind of look, yeah. but it's like not good on Asians because like no one has a perfect middle part. Like please don't. Um, and then and then it's just like like the very like 
like all the rappers have like shaved, <laughs> have like shaved like like interesting patterns into their head, and I'm just like cool, but also like please stop. Like you all look like monks. Um. Yeah, anyway, but like those are the five haircuts. Like across the board, everyone has those. Like, if you want to be edgy, then you have like a really short like military haircut, and you have like shit like shaved into the side of your hair. And I'm just like, and then there's the people who like shave like clefts into their eyebrows. Oh like, yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. Just. Show me the money. That's oh. that's rap. Oh my god. That's the rap game. Like unless you're like a legit billionaire, you don't do that. <laughs> like unless you are actually like Jay Park himself. Like, don't <laughs> do that. like please never do that to yourself. Like holy shit. Like he can only do it because he's like the CEO of like a massive multimedia company and like no other reason. Like please don't ever shave things into your fucking eyebrows. How about their clothes and their makeup slash so, facial? Re- like, like, I feel like if I, for example, if I see a Korean from Korea, even if we're seeing the same clothes, I don't know what it is. I immediately know this guy's from Korea and he's not from like. It's like the, the fobbiness of the is entire it like, thing. Is it like the eye expression? Like, I don't know. No, it's don't not the eye it. expression. Like, it's like, it? it's the athleisure. Like a lot of people are really into athleisure in Asia. Like they've got like. Okay, this is a trend that needs to burn in hell is the fucking fanny pack across the front of your body. Who the fuck started that? I Shout t- out, Caleb. Turn on your location. I just want to talk. Like, <laughs> I just want to fucking turn on your location. I swear to God, I just want to have a chat. What would um, you say in this conversation? Why? <laughs> why? Why would you do that to, to mankind? Why would the fuck? Why the fuck would you? This entire this entire podcast is just like degrading into me shouting to the microphone because I'm so pissed. How about Merces? Um, those are Merces I don't okay. know if they were Merces hot. Are while you were there, you know yeah, those, they're, they're, they're like fine. those rectangles. You yeah, just yeah, hold yeah, them yeah, and yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. no handle. Yeah, they're fine. Like live your life. I but almost like, bought it. The fucking fanny packs need to burn in hell. Like they they're so ugly. The um Givenchy fucking giant cartoon shoes also need to go like <laughs> like they're so <laughs> gross um that's just my opinion though um like don't at me but also like <laughs> don't at me. don't at me but also i'll fucking fight you on the street because of this like fuck you um i respect sneaker culture to a certain extent and then i'm just like i'll just gonna i'm just gonna leave like i can't <laughs> Um, cause at least high heels are aesthetically pleasing, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah, no, I thought the career, the fashion career is very interesting. There's a lot of like oversized things. There's a lot of like big athleisure things and like, and like the girls all have like a very, like sometimes like cute, sometimes, you know, like there's a lot of sparklies and danglies and stuff like that. And there's like a lot of like wanting to look like cuter as opposed to more mature you know what i mean like you know how like in western culture there's a lot of like like a lot of like thick eyebrows and like arches and like perfectly like you know like um cut cheekbones and there's a lot of like overdoing your lips and like being like super like sexy and stuff like that and it's like asian culture there's a lot more of like you know like 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 doing your eyelashes so they're not like doing your eyeliner so that they're not like flicked out but they're down so that makes your eyes look like more childish and bigger and stuff like that so like it's just like it's just interesting to look at like the fashion like themes and tropes and like how they've developed across the different um like cultures in eastern versus west like kind of like standards of beauty it's always very interesting to look at but um, where do you stand 
Um, I have uh, stopped wearing makeup for <laughs> like the most part. Um, oh. Sometimes, yeah, like literally um, when I go to work and I work in retail and I never wear makeup. I never wear makeup when I go to Kate Spade because I'm just like, who Shout cares? Out Kate Shout out Kate Spade. Please come visit us. They're a cute brand. I really, I really do actually love our brand. Like as like. Our. Yeah. Wow. Like I love, I've always been, I've always been a Kate they Spade girl. You. They really did. Like wow. didn't even have to try. Um, but even before I started working at Kate Spade, we bought a lot of Kate Spade. Like as a family, my mom has Kate Spade. I have Kate Spade. And now like if you look into my closet, it's just fucking, I have one or two dresses from every single month of kate spade's collection from five years ago till now the yeah i'm not even joking i just bought two new dresses this week it's <laughs> they're really cute they're really cute um but it's um i am very into like lots of color um and that's always that ties back to like the beginning of the episode where we talk about how important color is to my life because i'm kind of forced to be a part of it like I always have red or pink or some bright color on me, no matter what my outfit is. Um, one of the rink guards who works at Rockefeller was like, I was going to call you out because you didn't have pink on you that day, but then you put on your raincoat and it's this bright ass fuchsia. And I'm like, that's right, motherfucker. You cannot, <laughs> don't try to clock me because you can't. Um, <laughs> it's true though. Like I always have like, like my hair is always a different color and like my clothes for the most part, like there's this one day where I realized after I got dressed, just like throwing random articles of clothing on my body that everything that I was wearing was a specific shade of pink. And I was like, okay, I didn't mean for that to happen, but all right, we're going to run with this. Um, so like, just like I am a big fan of lots of color and like I don't really own anything that's like pure white or black or like anything in that kind of like monochromatic spectrum like even like the workout clothes I wear are very neon colored and so you know like just try to bring a little color with you wherever you go just try to be a little just try to be a little rainbow <laughs> wow yeah. all right I think that's quite a bit yeah <clears throat> that was like four hours of content <laughs> let, let, let's close this for now perhaps the most uh what's the adjective actually what colorful ah, thank you so much cherry okay what a colorful <laughs> conversation with cherry we're gonna close it out thank you bye bye